Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Tuesday, the 15th of November. First up, Elon Musk just fired more entitled Twitter brats and they rushed back to Twitter to have an epic meltdown. Boy, this sure has been very interesting to watch. I mean, the, the left suddenly caring about free speech now, uh, when, when for the last how many years, they've all been bleeding like sheep about consequence culture and about how a private company can do whatever it wants. Uh, now, we had Elon Musk uh, put the hammer down on additional insubordination from uh, clients, or from, I'm sorry, from employees who look to essentially publicly embarrass him uh, as a way, as I can only think, to quit loudly. Like, they're, they're literally trading a six-figure job, like dollars $300,000 job probably, uh, to own their boss on Twitter. And several more of these uh, entitled brats have been fired, including uh, Sachi Macaw. Uh, and, of course, we've seen the fallout from uh, Jordan. Uh, you see here on the data science team at Twitter. And I can say with some certainty that this graph has a ton of flaws. This is somebody, again, who uh, is at Twitter, allegedly. I don't, I'm starting to wonder if some of these people are like, um, you know, actual employees or if they're if it's like a meme but i mean the the other the other couple definitely can we saw this yesterday with eric fronhofer we'll we'll take a look at this article uh elon musk fires two more twitter engineers who publicly challenged him quote this man has no idea what the f he's talking about and again the media is framing this as my free speech but like this is the very same media that has been talking about consequence culture and and, spe and speech has con you can say whatever you want but speech has consequences like getting fired from your job for publicly um you know dumping on your boss i don't understand see i i was talking to salty cracker uh, i mean i think a week or two ago and he he um kind of brought up who he he thought was the type of person that worked at twitter he said you know there are, it's a bunch of college kids with their first job out of college and at the time, I was like, yeah, you're probably right. But now he was definitely right. Like, anybody who's actually worked a job understands that, like, I don't care what your boss does, you know, that's incorrect. If you're going to walk up to him and say it to his face, you're taking a huge risk. Now, you want to go to the pub with your coworkers and, and roast the guy or gal later. That's what every, everybody, not just the man, whatever humans done since the beginning of time, go and dump on the boss. But when you want to do that on on their platform, now you can go do that kind of thing. But if you want to do it on the platform that he owns and you want to try to embarrass him on his platform, I don't know why you would expect why that's not a free speech issue. Again, it's not like Elon said they can't say it. It's just there's consequences to it. I don't think that... Uh, there's any reasonable expectation from any who, anybody who's actually worked a job that you'd be able, be able to like put up a billboard essentially in your in your city and 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 sign your name to it and say something disparaging about your boss and not get fired. Like there's no there's no doing that. But suddenly the media's like, oh, but what about my free speech? Free speech apparently only goes so far inside of Twitter. New owner Elon Musk has reportedly fired at least two longtime engineers at the social media platform after they pushed back on some of the comments the billionaire posted on the site. Musk, who touts himself as committed to free speech on Sunday night, canned Eric Fraunhofer, who said he'd spent six years working on, the, on Twitter for Android. Sunday night, 
Fraunhofer reposted a tweet from Musk saying, quote, for Twitter being super slow in many countries and said it was wrong. Musk replied and asked Fraunhofer to elaborate before writing, Twitter is super slow on Android. What have you done to fix that? The engineer ended up in an exchange with Musk explaining that some technical aspects of the app on Android and his offering his view on why it might run slowly in a sense deleted tweet. Musk posted, he's fired. Fraunhofer retweeted the post with a saluting emoji. Late Monday, Fraunhofer retweeted his last comment on the thread of the conversation which suggested for the company should prioritize, stating, I still got fired. He also shared a screenshot of his locked Mac with the comment, guess it's official now. Fraunhofer told Forbes Monday afternoon that he had received no formal communications from the company at all about his dismissal. Nope, nothing. He said, they're all just a bunch of cowards. Again, I I just, this is like, um, this is, this is kid stuff. This is, you know, this guy's probably got no kids, no mortgage, no responsibilities in life. So he doesn't care. And that's fine. Um, and, and that's fine. Like it's everybody's right to, to quit their job. However they see fit, you know, that's fine. You want to quit your job, but don't sit and act like a victim when this is how you did it. A second engineer, Ben Lieb retweeted Musk's initial charge that Twitter's super slow with the comment, quote, as the former tech lead for timelines infrastructure at Twitter, I can confidently say that this man has no idea what the F he's talking about on Sunday afternoon. The decades-long employee told Bloomberg he got a pink slip on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, what? It's so easy. Like, I've told you this. I've mentioned this in other videos, and I'm going to mention it again right now. Elon wants to cut at least another 2,000 employees from the internal staff. I'm telling you, at least. So when they raise their hands in this particular manner, it couldn't be easier for him to cut them. By the way, if you're watching this video and you're not yet subscribed, please do. I don't care what platform you're watching it on, YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey. Please do subscribe. I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. We just passed 100,000 subscribers on Rumble. We're pushing hard on YouTube too. It's good, great to see the growth again, and it's all because of you. It seems like the more people that subscribe, the more people that subscribe. And uh, I couldn't be more humble and appreciative of that. Quote, the article continues, the two engineers are among now among the 3,700 who lost their jobs. Fraunhofer tweeted early Tuesday that the firings continue. Quote, just woke up to news that more tweets were summarily fired last night. At this rate, there will be no one left to run Twitter. Twitter seems totally fine. And by the way, you know, Elon's engineers have now been in there for, what, two weeks now? Probably getting a good lay of the land. Uh, I'm sure that there are more than, you know, of the, the thing is of the, I don't know, what, 3,500 people that are left? I bet you a good chunk of them are apolitical and they just want to keep their jobs and they just want to do good and they actually believe in Twitter and they actually believe in, in, in trying to do better. And if you look at some of these tweets, like it's hilarious. You see uh, this person, Sachi McCaw, again, nice um, hair dye job with your roots showing. You think you would make a little bit, if the money you make at Twitter, you'd afford to dye your roots. But uh, then LOL, I just got fired for S posting. I said it before and I'll say it again. Kiss my A, Elon. That's not, that's not like meme posting. Is So I'm going to pull up this person's tweet. So, this is not meme posting. Is it powerful and dangerous? Diet Coke. Uh, let's see. Engineer, software engineer at Twitter, previously at Medium. Um, and she has a pet pig. She, her pronouns. 
And on July 8th, she wrote, kiss my A, Elon, when you're an employee. Um, you know, you see, fired a little less than eight years in the tweet mines. I loved working there. James Bellinger, two hours. It seems like a bunch of people just keep getting summarily fired. And this is what I expected. This is what I expected because now he's going to get in there and he's going to see, okay, what are these people actually doing? And it's so funny that they all think they're smarter than Elon Musk, right? They all think they're smarter than him. Here's a Tell my former teammates we built some dope stuff together, and I'm so effing proud of our team and everything we did. This is another cringe millennial thing. Um, again, I always bring up, like, they all read this one article in Cosmopolitan Magazine 10 years ago that says cursing is like this thing that, you know, indicates higher IQ, so now they all swear all the time. Let me tell you something. It is not refined. It does not make you look smart. I'm not saying you shouldn't curse, but I mean, like, the like excessive use of it is is cringe. It makes you look uneducated and it makes you look unhinged. Uh, I don't know why these uh, leftists all continue to, to do it because they don't look smart at all. Uh, she continues, just because some dip ass doesn't understand what we built doesn't make it any less awesome. And here is her quote tweeting Elon, right? Back on November 13th. You did not just... You did not just lay off almost half the infra and make some sassy remark about how we do batching. Like, did you bother to even learn how GraphQL works? You don't get to dump on our infrastructure. I assume that means infrastructure. If you don't know what the F it is, while you're also scrambling to rehire folks that you laid off. This isn't, this isn't meme posting. This is like, this isn't S posting. This is being a brat and you got fired. James Bellinger. Let's see. Uh, here, fired a little less than eight years into the tweet mines, loved working here. I, I mean, I don't know. They they're trying to say like, tweets that are still employed at this time, if it is your personal duty, if your personal situation allows it, it is your moral duty to disobey, to strike, to protest, to quote tweet Elon whenever he lies on Twitter, Twitter to keep looking after each other from, uh, somebody who's already been fired. <laughs> I mean, are you joking? I mean, do you think that Elon Musk got where he is by letting his employees disrespect him? And again, by the way, I'm not saying that it's right that Elon's always right. I'm just saying that's not the way the real world works. You can mouth off to your boss all you want if you're willing to get fired. You know, that's the type of toxic entitled attitude that you get. And all these people, while they're getting lots of likes and tweets, retweets, by the way, on the platform owned by Elon, you know, they're just getting mad. This was wrong. I don't get why, but I didn't like the attitude towards the employee. And cowardice, I don't think co correcting your boss publicly is cowardice. No, no, it's not cowardice. And anyway, that that's not, he, he's, he called a bunch of the uh, Twitter engineer fired on Twitter calls Musk's team a bunch of cowards. He, 104 people like that. And it's not even, they couldn't even read the headline. Huh, I wonder why Capitalism, the magazine, would try to paint the worker in a bad light. I mean, go ahead. Keep mouthing off. It's going to be hilarious to watch and it's providing loads of content. And next up, Taylor Lorenz just blasted Jeremy. Journalist spreads vicious lies about the quartering. Oh no, my queen bee, my, she, she was like a golden girl to me. 
Washington Post reporter Taylor Lorenz doesn't like me. Apparently, I've been living in her head rent-free. Lord knows there's lots of space. That's right, Taylor Lorenz, the journalist who uh, spends her time trying to disparage other more successful women online when she's not whining about not enough people wearing masks or whining about how she can't turn her thermostat over 90 degrees and whining about how social security in this country makes it hard for her to, to, to have a living wage at the age of 95. She apparently has been following me quite closely and took the very first opportunity she could to smear me. And so since I don't work at the Washington Post, the only way I know how to respond is to use my platform. And of course, just to give you a brief history of what an amazing reporter, uh, multi-millionaire uh, heiress Taylor Lorenzo. By the way, didn't did you know that? That she was born into extreme wealth, multi-millionaire parents. Did you know that she went to uh, uh, extraordinarily expensive private schools her whole life? Did you know that? Did you know that friends and family members of her have removed her tweet history and things like that from the internet archive? Did you know that? Did you know how well-connected uh, internet cry-bully Taylor Lorenz really is? Just thought, just thought I'd remind you. Of course, this is the same Taylor Lorenz that went on to blast her co-workers over an insanely insensitive tweet. At some point, we're going to need to begin the conversation about people still too afraid to leave their homes because of the coof. I personally know of two such cases. This is not a healthy way to live. Really a totally fine tweet, right? Nope, Taylor absolutely loses her reptilian mind. What an absurd, insensitive thing to post. Thousands are dying per week. Millions are disabled. And we have no effective drugs to to prevent infection. Wait, I thought we were putting that stuff. Oh, well, I, whoa, whoa, I don't want to go down that road. I, I thought everyone was, you know, okay, anyway. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I'm just kidding. Yeah, oh, yeah, President Biden said, you know, okay, well, anyway. Immunocompromised people don't deserve condescending comments about being too afraid. Okay, this is a woman that travels to, went to YouTube, uh, whatever the stupid YouTube convention is, where a bunch of elite YouTubers uh, brush shoulders with the plebs. Uh, she goes to conventions constantly. She's always talking about how she's traveling the world, okay? Uh, you see this article, which is in Spectator World, from earlier this year. Taylor Lorenz is a cry bully. She minds outrage and attention by crusading against the ethically enlightened. You see, again, Taylor Lorenz, uh, you know, again, this is somebody. Washington Post defends Taylor Lorenz reporting after the story on Libs of TikTok Twitter account. Well, I don't care if she wants to write about how she doesn't like the Libs of TikTok. That's entirely her, um, her prerogative, her right. Um, but then you get articles like this from NBC News that is literally titled... Quote, why the doxing of libs of TikTok creator is justified. This was an article that is real. There's a proper term for what happened in the libs of TikTok creator. It's not doxing. What do you mean? Taylor Lorenz linked a hyperlink to this woman's home address in an article that went out in the Washington Post. It was by definition doxing. The creator of libs of TikTok was not a public personality, did not put their personal name behind the account, and certainly did not want their address for lunatic leftists to show up at her house. Okay, that was done to intimidate them. That's the type of journalist Taylor Lorenz is. And you know, you think for someone 
nearly a hundred years old, she would know she would have some life skills. But when you grow up with not just a silver, but a platinum spoon in your mouth, you have no, there's no way this woman re, re like relates to actual normal people. Like if, 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 if Taylor Lorenz came to like my hometown here and we went to the pub, and I just, I'll just sit across the bar and just watch. I don't know if she'd make it 10 minutes without running out of there. Like, what if she was forced to talk to somebody who works on cars for a living? What if she was forced to talk to a bricklayer or a construction worker or a cabinet maker? Do you think that she could even do that? I don't. You see, the Washington Post is one of America's most revered news organizations. No, it isn't. Once led by Catherine Graham, an era-defining media CEO, and edited by a news legend, Ben Bradley. Today, one of the most high-profile employees is an internet culture reporter named Taylor Lorenz. Her involvement in numerous scandals involving reporting errors, frequent falsehoods, violation of journalistic norms, troubling online interactions. All this is, this is who she is, right? And you can read that article over there. But this week, we reached a new thing. Now, look. This video isn't about Ben Collins. Ben Collins is a, is a leftist. He works at NBC News. Uh, I don't agree with his opinions, but he also wrote an article about uh, the individual uh, who had some mean things said about her online. And so they try to take down the entire website, like Kiwi Farms and all this kind of stuff because some mean words, right? They made all sorts of wild claims about things that were said on that forum leading to people losing their lives, but that's never been proven. So Ben Collins, uh, there's a video clip going around of said person saying that they had donated. She's, she said, or Keffel said, I'll say, I don't know. They change your name every week. I can't keep up with it. Uh, Keffel said, um, was reading on a donation and it said, Oh, reoccurring donation from Ben Collins. And then went on to say, oops, I, uh, I shouldn't have said that person's name. I apologize for saying that person's name, right? The reason it had people's spidey senses is because Ben Collins, who works at the NBC, wrote the article about Keffels. So it seemed pretty suspicious, right? Now, Ben Collins isn't exactly um, Alejandro Passernak-Schmitz-Witz. It's not exactly a super unique name. There are probably a thousand people in this world named Ben Collins in this country. There's probably more than that, right? Totally reasonable explanation. So I, I tweeted out, why is NBC reporter Ben Collins? And then I added him and then I also DM'd him sending automatic cash payments to someone he is also writing articles about. That seems almost like an ethics and journalism thing. Ben, do you have any comment on this before I make a video about it? I'll reply. I'll need a reply by 10 a.m. Obviously a joke about the way like Taylor Lorenz and these reporters do that stuff. So what, what does he respond? Before responding to me, he posts this. The far right has spent the weekend concocting a very fun conspiracy theory that I gave my money to a Twitch streamer I covered. What am I, 14 years old? I'm old as heck. I give my money to food banks and people on GoFundMe with weird old man diseases. Think about this, people. And again, I will say this video is not about Ben. Okay, I may not agree with his politics or whatever, but again, he he denied it to me in private, and he denied it publicly. And there's really no like, uh, there's no evidence beyond them sharing a name. Okay, could could it's probably just a coincidence. Um, 
So then he goes on to write, seems like somebody impersonated me with the intention of driving this exact news cycle. Probably not. You're probably not that important, Ben. Um, it probably was just somebody who also was named Ben Collins. I'd never even heard of you. Um, if only there were some reporter who was covering how easy it is to impersonate public figures on the internet and talking about it all week, I'd read that guy's stuff personally. Of course, Ben's crusading against Elon Musk. Then he links the story, right? So, but then here's where things get weird. Okay, so he was super heated in the DMs. I'd, it's weird that he posts DMs. I didn't post any of his melty DMs. He was very, very angry. I didn't post those. It seems like internet code, but journalists don't have that. So he posts my DMs and he says, honestly, give it up to the courting. It is possible to do the right thing. Which I said to him, I reached out directly to you, which is more than most journalists would do, right? Uh, then he wrote, I just hope you look inward. Keep it up. I don't care. Just think about this in a good way to spend your life. I got to go watch House Hunters, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't know why he was, he was coming at me with like a, a thousand miles an hour. But anyway, I deleted the video, okay? Because he said, hey, that's not me. And I didn't have any evidence to the contrary, right? I didn't, if, if I got the receipt on the payment, that might be different. For right now, he can just say they have the same name and that's all that there is. Um, but then Tay-Tay, probably waking up from one of her many naps, decided to come in and say, no, you do not have to give it up for a man who continues to harass your female colleagues and will never remove all the rampant lies and gendered harassment he posts about us. What is that? What is that? Has anything I ever said about Taylor Lorenz had anything to do with her being a woman? Genuine question. Have I ever said, huh, Taylor Lorenz, chicks, am I right? No. In fact, Taylor, Taylor Lorenz inserted herself into a thread about a man. Yeah, I assume Ben Collins is a man. I don't want, I mean, it's a different day these days, but certainly presents as a man. My comment had nothing to do with women. And here's Taylor Lorenz to interject herself. You have the immense privilege to be out to be able to call this man out online in a viral Twitter thread. We do not. What? This is viral? Oh, I guess I got 10,000 likes. I don't know. I got a bunch of new subscribers. So thanks, Ben. I think I got like 8,000 subscribers that day. But anyway, no, I am not far right. It's absurd. I, I know I have people who watch my videos that are very right strong right and i accept them and i i i know you might not believe this but i have people that watch my videos that are strong left and i uh, i accept them too but i've always been very open and honest about my own political opinions and they are not far right and then of course all these other journalists who i've ever critiqued all women by the way seem to think it's about women here's cecilia dianastasia one of the worst ever uh worked at um kotaku for a while published absolute trash uh, you see, seconding Taylor, I don't know if you're just unfamiliar with this guy, but he drives targeted harassment on a regular basis. Wow, thanks, Megan Farrakhamanasha. Never even heard of you. I certainly haven't ever spoke of you before, so where would you get that? I don't even get it. And then, then people say, okay, Taylor, it's okay when you do it. You could totally write a hit piece on anyone you want, anyone you like, Taylor. Then there's if there's blowback, you just blame the editor. You deserve everything you get and, and then some. Maybe if you didn't spend your whole life being a evil person and using your platform to dox and threaten people. Like, again, she just interjects. Just, I don't have any problem with Taylor's gender. Okay, If anything, I'm ageist. And next up today, Elon Musk makes huge move to rival YouTube. This is a game changer. 
Wow, I don't know if there's many people that saw this coming. Uh, with the Elon Musk acquisition of Twitter, it is now probably the most likely to compete with YouTube, like overnight. You know, we've been backing, of course, and I still back places like Rumble, Odyssey, Gilded. I'm sorry, Rumble, Odyssey, and BitChute. Although I use Gilded. A lot of people ask me what Gilded, Gilded is. It's an alternative to Discord. It's basically functionally the same, but not run by a bunch of woke weirdos. Now, it is owned by a super huge mega corporation, but I haven't had the same, uh, you know, SJW influence that I did on, on my other, on Discord. Um, but anyway, uh, and I still support those platforms. And I'm even going to be doing, like tonight, I'm live streaming at 5 o'clock, both here to YouTube and to Rumble. And I hope that you'll join me on either one of those platforms. But I did not see Elon moving so quickly. Now, initially, if we go back to November 12th, this is kind of where it started. Elon Musk claims he'll pay Twitter video creators 10% more than YouTube. Um, for, for most creators, it's like, I don't know if that's the difference between making it and breaking it, but 10% is not insignificant. I don't think anyone would choose YouTube over Twitter, but I want to explain as a content creator why this works, okay? First of all, <clears throat> I have what, 220, 210, 215,000 followers on Twitter, right? When I post a link to my YouTube video, which makes them leave the platform, Twitter deboosts that, just like every app. They don't want you leaving their app, okay? So I can either post a link, post a tweet with a link to my YouTube video to get people to watch it, or I can upload my video to YouTube, now that I'm a Twitter Blue member, and, um, and get reached that way good enough for most creators, including myself. You know, I upload to BitChute and Rumble and Odyssey and I make $0 from them. I just, it's just about the reach. These people eventually maybe buy my coffee or they'll support a sponsor. So it's about reach. But if you told me you don't have to link to your YouTube, you could just upload your video and it won't be deboosted. So maybe instead of getting, I mean like two, 300 interactions, if I posted the full length video, I might get 20,000 views and I might earn some money from it. Like it's going to be enticing for people to at least, nobody's going to leave YouTube for Twitter, but at least to dual post so that people can watch their videos right on Twitter. Um, also, of course, high profile creators who have been banned from uh, YouTube could have another monetization opportunity. Uh, people who have banned, been banned from Twitter, I don't know where they're at, but you probably have to be in good standing to monetize. But we know that Elon does intend to bring certain people back. Elon Musk has roughly 10 zillion ideas on how to generate revenue from Twitter, the most public of which, of course, has been his $8 Twitter Blue auto, ver auto verification system that has wreaked havoc in his first few deals has already been paused. I agree with that. That was a gaffe. But one idea that actually could make sense, depending on how much you trust Musk, and the idea that Twitter will be even be left standing when all this is done, of course it will be, the concept is that Twitter will ne ha has never really generated anything approaching a creator economy. It does not pay power users like YouTube and Twitch, many of whom have content creation on those platforms for a full-time living. And even if Musk's pay for $8 verification thing is the opposite of that, charging creators, he does seem to want to embrace the notion of paying people to post their content on the platform. This is something that, you know, you see so many people on Twitter advertising like their sub stacks or things of that nature. Why wouldn't you just sell that service on Twitter? It's so stupid. Like any idiot could see that Twitter, like whoever was in charge of Twitter monetization was a complete moron. 
Like if I saw the popularity of Substack taking off and all my Twitter journalists using my platform to promote Substack, I would create my own Substack and block some, and I would create, I would create Twitter stack and block t Substack links. Like that's just simple. That's simple. You know what I mean? If I saw, you know, hundreds or thousands, if I saw thousands of YouTubers, tens of thousands of YouTubers linking videos back to YouTube, why in the heck wouldn't I do it? Now, there's the issue of server space with long form videos that, you know, a Substack type of thing doesn't really, you know, doesn't really um, uh, have to deal with, but you get where I'm going. One of his earliest questions he posed to the public after he took over how, was how much YouTube paid its creators, which is 45% revenue share. He said that he could beat that. And the idea has not been dissipated though. The ensuing chaos in a recent call, it was brought up again, this time with more specifics. Quote, let's just get a bunch of content creators that we think are cool on YouTube and say, hey, would you consider putting your content on Twitter? We'll pay you 10% more than YouTube and see how it goes, Musk said. One immediate caveat here is that the idea that it may be proposed exclusive contract, well, then that would be out. That would be an absolute failure. If it was an exclusive contract, then you're only getting the people that were essentially, uh, you know, you're not bringing any big existing creators over, but you could open the door to smaller or burgeoning creators who are trying to get around the YouTube algorithm, which is basically impossible these days. Why do you think I have to beg you all to subscribe in every video? I know you hate it. I know I read the comments. I'm I, I like, I seriously read the comments. I know it's annoying, but if I don't ask, uh, you know, YouTube's not going to ask you to do it and YouTube doesn't show my videos to other people. Um, so that's why I need people to subscribe. And the same is on rumble and BitChute and, and odyssey too. Um, so as in, if you agree to the 55% revenue cut from Twitter, you can no longer upload that content to YouTube. That would be an enormous risk for creators who have already established YouTube audiences and we have no idea what kind of revenue Twitter ads would bring compared to YouTube ads, especially given the avatars have begun to flee during Musk's reign, blah, blah, blah. We don't really know what that number looks like. It's just made up by the media. If the contracts are our exclusive, that'd be a tough call for creators. I would, it would be so dumb to do that. Um, I don't know why you would do that either. Who cares if they can watch it on both YouTube and Twitter? What's the difference? Like just de-boost links to YouTube then. <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. You know what I mean? Like you could call it mean all you want, but... I mean, if I have the service available, you'll use my service or you'll, you know, or you'll find a way around it. You know, Twitter is already making moves to allow blue, blue users to upload long videos and their quality of 1080p and monetize them. Although I don't know about that because I have, a, I'm a blue user and I don't have any option to monetize. So I don't know. So unlike many other Musk ideas, this one may actually materialize, but I do have to wonder about the idea on a few fronts, namely if Twitter has the technical backend to support mass uploads of high, long quality video that they probably don't. Now, Twitter does let you upload videos, right? Um, I think what you would probably have to do is um, limit file size. So for example, before I had Starlink, uh, I'm sorry, when I lived on a, when I, before I had, when I lived, before I lived in the middle of nowhere, I had gigabit internet. Ah, those were the days. I never even bothered using Handbrake to, to make my video size smaller. So I was uploading seven videos a day, each one of them about a gigabyte in size. Now that I'm out in the middle of nowhere, I use Handbrake to um, web optimize them. And they're only about 180 to 200 megs and no one really noticed the difference. So, I mean, especially if you're watching on a phone, if you're watching on a TV, you probably tell, but you know, 70% of people that watch my videos are doing so on a phone. So I think you could force, you know, the conversion rate or the, the handbraking of videos make, you know, have a 200 megabyte file size limit 
something like that. You could figure out a way. Creators are smart enough to figure that out, you know? So then, yesterday, you see Musk offers former YouTube gaming job, uh, gaming head job at Twitter. After months of waiting, Elon Musk has finally obtained the keys to Twitter after his acquisition. After looking for ways to make the platform money, Twitter has seen the introduction of verification badges for Twitter Blue subscribers, which now allows anyone to purchase a checkmark for $8. Other ideas to get the cash rolling in, such as introduce paid DMs. Elon's looking to bring YouTubers over to the platform and offer them 10% more than what they're already paid for the content or what they're already paid. Now, we already know uh, the billionaire first suggested the idea at the, during a staff Q&A at Twitter, which he further backed in a reply to a tweet on November, 4, on November 14th yesterday to former YouTube gaming lead Ryan Wyatt when he joined the conversation. Ryan, he, Ryan wrote, ran gaming at YouTube for eight years. YouTube's monetization is pretty dang good, and it would be considerable MGs to ensure this bump. Uh, I'm not sure what MGs is. Um, said the former employee, but definitely would draw more eyes to the platform. Gaming alone had 350 million logged in daily users at YouTube when I was there. Elon fired back a simple reply saying, join Twitter, to which hundreds from the gaming and esports community familiar with the former YouTube lead backed. Optic Gaming CEO Hector Rodriguez was one of many to get behind the idea. He might be the only one that can save this, he said. Many more from the community, including top gaming creators, vouch Ryan at the job, though nothing has come of it yet. Now, Ryan Wyatt is a leftist. He has retweeted uh, hit pieces about me in the past. He has engaged in some political, ha political hackery. So I'm not sure that he fits into the new YouTube world. But I will say, uh, if, if uh, Elon can bring monetization to the platform, it doesn't even have to pay me more. It just has to give me an opportunity to earn. I think he's just overthinking this a little bit. Uh, it would be very interesting to see how this rolls out. You probably already watch a lot of videos from your mobile phone. I mean, why not just watch it while you're already doom scrolling on Twitter? I think this is a home run idea uh, that certainly should take priority over charging for blue check marks. And next up today, eighth grade teacher fired for making OnlyFans content on kids' desks. Some interesting repercussions for a teacher. We talk about teachers a lot on this channel, and I do want to make sure I point out that there are probably the, you know, I mean, there are definitely amazing teachers out there at all levels. Um, with teaching, much like other union jobs, uh, there are a lot of bad teachers, and they don't get fired, um, and they stick around forever. Uh, and there are also these are like the ideologues, right? We've seen this recent crop of these young, brightly colored haired teachers that are, um, you know, trying to indoctrinate their students, in my opinion. Well, now we have a teacher that was in her classroom making an uh, OnlyFans video with a man during work, during school, and or young students walked in the room. Now, I don't hate the player, I hate the game. I think that a lot of people think that, you know, putting their, their b-holes out there is gonna be some quick fix. Uh, <clears throat> this particular case, it isn't. You see, teacher apologizes after students catch her filming an OF video in school with her husband. Samantha Peer, otherwise known as, I'm not giving you OF clout, 
uh, was fired from her si job as a science teacher at Thunderbolt Middle School alongside her husband, who also taught at the school. Some real high value. Like, look, if you want to make these type of videos, I mean, I'm not going to say you're a bad person. I know some people would. Maybe even some of my viewers would say that. I don't necessarily think that. Um, but like <laughs> your teachers on school grounds. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? The former science teacher reportedly shared some of her videos on social media showing her and her husband engaging in acts on students' desks. The students then found those videos and shared it among the other students. This is exactly what happens. This is exactly why schools need to have this type of policy. And exactly what I remember uh, there was... Uh, that that girl who worked for the car dealership, right? And she got fired because she had no F account um, or people were like, you know, sharing her videos at work and she was all upset by it or whatever. She went on to make a bunch of money because she was actually very, very good looking. Uh, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case here, but you see, now Pierre has responded to her firing in a video where she explained why she made the videos to begin with. You're never going to believe it, but doing uh hardcore videos on students desks were was literally the only way she could pay her bills according to pierre she only made the content she wasn't because she wasn't being paid enough to support her kids what it got to the point where our family was not able to survive on our two teaching incomes get a different job then do you know how much amazon is paying by me 24 bucks an hour that's roughly $48,000 a year. And that's starting. Target Distribution Center is starting at nearly 60K a year with health benefits day one. I, I don't really understand. And like, you see this thing, like she later, so let's, let's just take a little look and look, whatever. She effed around and found out a lot of that's going on lately. Uh, I'm not saying this person like needs to suffer for the rest of their life or, you know, whatever that case may be. Uh, but this is like the, the, the culture of, and by the way, uh, the man was involved too. Okay. So not, you know, the man isn't standing out and making an apology. Is he, um, he's putting the woman, uh, out to do that real strong husband feature, uh, you know, right there. Now, also, I want to point out this video has, I don't know uh, if I check the dislikes, it has 440 likes, which will all probably now become paying members. It's almost like this is a grift. Like they're going to get free press from this. Like if I find any of you giving this woman money after this, we're going to have to have a talk. Okay. We're going to have just have to have a little bit of a, you know, let Papa sit you down. And oh, by the way, the video is monetized showing ads um 724 thumbs down 442 thumbs up that's fine um some of the comments to the t uh to the teacher that reasons like a child and her co-workers act like children ladies and gents i present you the key to our children's success for all these women and other people who are defending her and feeling sorry for her if it was a man himself filming this kind of content in a children's classroom you'd be calling him sick twisted or all sorts of names in the book and he'd probably be in jail Hundred percent agree. As a recent high school graduate, I'm appalled. I have an A plus teacher assistant hours for a middle school for a semester. 
I've certainly seen for the fact the majority of the kids have some sort of access to social media, and I'm fully aware that they know what this stuff is, and they can access the internet with their Chromebooks. You know it too. I'm sorry, but you created a Twitter that's open to the public with spicy content, and even though it's under your alias, it's not generating you income. It appears you use Twitter to advertise yourself for your OF, but still the fact you publicly posted this content, at least for free, makes it appear like you do this, you know, like you're doing this more than just for the money. I wish you good luck in making better choices. Quote, here's another one. I do think that you and your husband, what you do in your private is your own business. I agree. And any adult or student that viewed that or shared it should be brought up on charges. What? How do you upvote this? Are you dumb? She put it out there for free. Some people are really dumb. Inside the school building, I get low teacher pay, but filming at school and on kids' desks? Are, I mean, like, are you kidding me? Of all the side hustles to choose from, busting it open on camera on top of students' desk was the chosen option. Nothing else at all you and your husband could think of to do to raise money. No better ideas while brainstorming. Good God, the Lamau, these are a breed of people who are teaching children in this country now. I, I don't disagree with that either. The only thing that you could have possibly done was uh, adult videos. You couldn't have DoorDashed or delivered Amazon packages for the holiday season. A lot of people get holiday jobs. Um, you couldn't have taken a look at your spending. And I don't think it's fair that I have to sacrifice my own children's time. Nice burp. Because our professional salary did not pay enough. Arizona is currently ranked 50th current state as lowest paid teacher salary. She's reading this off a document, by the way. I created a content at the beginning of the summer in order to earn extra money on the side to help pay for our basic necessities. That are Your basic necessities? You've got to be kidding me. Our salaries were no longer meeting. I chose an anonymous name as well as blocking the entire state of Arizona on my OnlyFans so that it wasn't accessible to anyone living in the state. Are you serious? It was brought to my attention on October 24th that a community member had expressed concerns to the police and my school regarding video content. At this time, I was placed on paid administrative leave and probation pending investigation. You did it on the desk in school. Like, I get the idea. Like, I get... I get the idea that's kind of saucy or whatever, but like, what do you want? Like, are you, are you, you really thought that this was, this was it? And by the way, middle school teacher, eighth grade teacher in Arizona and her husband have both lost their jobs after they recorded OF videos in her classroom. Her husband was an elementary school teacher. Also took part in the videos. She said she resigned under pressure on October 31st of being placed on paid and and her husband was let go for Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Also, who's paying for this? Come on, guys. Come on. Come on! Who's paying for this? I don't believe that two full-time teachers with health insurance can afford to pay their their medical or their uh, basic living expenses. Now, 
I think what probably happened was they were into exhibition or they were into this kind of stuff anyway. And they thought, let's make some extra money, which again, that's fine. Go ahead and put your b-hole out there for your future family and friend to see. Okay. That's fine. If you don't care about that, but uh, you're doing this stuff in the school and you're surprised why you got fired. They're not really sending their best over to that OF pipeline, are they? And next up, Amazon busted paying people to watch the Rings of Power, offering $30 in food to endure the show. We all know that Rings of Power did post some pretty big opening numbers. I don't think that it would be wise to simply just discount everything Amazon said, but I do think it's interesting uh, that they've been awfully quiet about ratings after that initial night. In fact, I don't think Amazon has posted viewership ratings at all since that opening night, but other people have, and we do know that there was a 20% drop in viewership after those first two episodes, and then every single week after that, viewership dropped again. It was not picking up new fans at all. It was only literally hemorrhaging them, and now it looks like Amazon has gotten absolutely desperate and pathetic. So we all know just how crazy this has been. Essentially, Rings of Power got pitted against House of the Dragon in ter terms of viewership, which doesn't really make sense anymore these days because people just watch shows whenever they want to watch them. If I w didn't have to commentate on the Rings of Power, I definitely wasn't staying up late on Thursday nights to watch it. I would have watched it whenever I got to it over the weekend, which is the quality of the show deserves and has. We also saw rumors about complete rewrites possibly hitting uh, for season two, which is actually something I suggested could save the show. It's, it's, it's wild. It'd be, it'd be taking a huge L, which is not something that I don't think Bezos would like to do. I don't think that Hollywood or anybody in that world really takes L's of this size. However, if you mix in the fact that, well, they spent, you know, half a billion dollars already, do they want to fix the show or do they want to, uh, you know, be right? for example. And we've also heard rumors about them replacing the showrunners, which seems like a stretch. But if that is true, then the numbers are probably worse than we thought. Then this article comes out via Bounding Into Comics and John F. Trent writing, Prime Video bribes Brazilians to watch Lord of the Rings Rings of Power with food delivery service coupon? What? I thought this was like, the best show in history. Why are you paying people to watch? It's almost like you're trying to pump up ratings. Is that is that maybe what it is? In a video, he shared a number of screenshots. Oh, this says, sorry. YouTuber George the Giant Slayer reports Amazon has having to bribe viewers in Brazil to watch the show. In a video, he shared a number of screenshots from Prime Video Brazil's Instagram account offering a $30 Real coupon to iFood, Brazil, Brazil's largest food delivery service. It's probably like DoorDash in the United States or Uber Eats or whatever the other ones are on the coasts. Everyone has these, this other one. Like, Is it Instacart? No, that's a grocery shop. Anyway, anyway I digress. Uh, it's Brazil's largest food delivery service in exchange for watching the first episode of Rings of Power. George Johnson explains Prime Video's bribe, quote, what it basically says is if you've never had a subscription to Amazon Prime, you go subscribe. And I'm not telling you, I'm just saying what they're saying. And then if you've never watched Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, and it's your very first watch, you're going to watch it and they're going to give you a serial number 
and that's going to give you a coupon for 30, oh, it's reals, their currency. I've mispronounced that. It's reals, their currency, right? 30 reals, which you can exchange for food from one app. What? Are you kidding me? Like you, you have to pay them with food? And here's a screenshot. Obviously, I don't read that language. It's not in English, but uh, there's a screenshot. As you can see in the screenshot, the above bribe comes almost three weeks after Lord of the Rings Rings of Power aired its final eighth, fi final and eighth episode of season one. One has to wonder if this is part of the $1 billion budget Amazon reportedly had for the show. Nevertheless, Prime Video's bribing of Brazilians comes as Nielsen ratings in the United States were released for the eighth and final episode of the season. The show still failed to be the most watched show of the week in terms of total minutes viewed. Now, again, I'm not sweating that so much. It's still getting viewed by a ton of people. Okay, so like, I think that, you know, a lot of people probably are watching out of like morbid curiosity, to be honest with you, but like, it's still a ton of people. Um, it came in second with a total of 1.1 billion minutes watched behind Netflix's The Watcher, which racked up 2.3 billion minutes. By the way, The Watcher was awesome. Okay. Awesome. There are some people who whined about the ending, but like, it's a true story. So I, I, okay. Anyway, I thought it was cool. The Watcher was really good. Um, well acted. Um, the guy who played the crazy guy from Boardwalk Empire, he, he crushes it. Anyway, uh, Despite the show still failing to top the and again, it's still number two <laughs> in more ways than one. And it still beat House of the Dragon. Despite the show still failing to top the charts, it was the third highest week behind the premiere uh, week and second week. The premiere scored 1.253 billion minutes viewed. Week two came at 1.203. The show then fell to 988 million. That's a lot of minutes to lose. 300 million? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. The show fell to 988 minutes viewed in its third week. It continued its decline to the fourth week with just 977 million. Again, still huge numbers, but down, what, 100, 200, about 300,000. You know, I'm probably 250, 250,000 minutes. Million, sorry, 250 million. It reached its lowest in the fifth week at 966 million. Then it rebounded slightly for the release of the finale with 988 million minutes viewed. But here's the thing. Here's what's, here's what's concerning if you're Amazon, right? You never had more interest in your show than the very first week. You never had more interest in your show than in the second week. And then this is episode one, episode two, I'm guessing. But like... This is a huge drop. Now the finale brought a bunch of people back, but I wonder, did they skip, did they skip the middle episodes and then just watch the finale? I'm not sure what happened there. With the show, not even managing to ever claim the top spot on Nielsen's streaming numbers, rumors have emerged that prime video will sideline showrunners, JD Payne and Patrick McKay, who repeatedly lied to potential viewers claiming that the show is always going to back the book. A rumor from YouTuber Gary Buchler from Nerdrotic claims that the series will be rebooted. In a recent video, he noted that we've heard rumors from my man Chris Gore that the showrunners might end up being Fall Guys and we might have to wait until after award season to see if that actually happens. Now, 
again, all of this seems crazy to me, given that it is the number two viewed show in the world. Like, I mean, shows that are like the 50th most viewed, like CNN, still exist. So, you know, is it was it number one and number one only? What kind of actual minutes viewed were they were they aiming for? Was it you know two billion, three billion? Did they miss it by that much? I don't know. But what's more concerning, I think, is the trend. Right, the number of people that watch those first two episodes and noped out was three hundred million minutes worth. Right, so you know it's it's if I wanted to just back of the napkin that. Jeez, my calculator go this high? 300 million. Okay, and it was, let's just say it's 60 minutes long, which it isn't, but that's 5 million viewers they lost. 5 million viewers dropped after season two, right? Is that math? Is that good? Is that math good? 300 million. Wait, why did I come up with 300 million? Oh, yeah, because that's how many fewer minutes. Minutes. I was not good at math, but I think that's, that holds, right? About 5 million viewers. And like they gained some of them back, you know, some of them. It, it's interesting. I don't know if if that that's like fire everybody numbers, but if I spent a billion dollars on it, I still think Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power could be repaired. But the number of changes that it would take would be astronomical. Let me know in the comment section down below what you think. Is there? I mean, can you save the show? Or is it now you're just going to ride it out and whoever watches it watches it for the next five years? Do you think that they'll have the cojones to pull the plug on two of the most, the hottest contested, like most coveted showrunners out there? I don't know. I think what's most likely is we'll just get more of the same. And last up today, Kyle Rittenhouse is finally suing everyone. Facebook and more are targets. It looks like we may have some sort of indication that perhaps these uh Kyle Rittenhouse lawsuits may be going forward um you know I've been pretty how do I say uh uh tough on the kid I think it's because I just like a lot of people forgot he's just a kid thought he was going to be some sort of warrior for conservatives and then I realized he's just a kid and uh, a kid who doesn't want to know what he wants doesn't know what he wants to do with his life doesn't have a plan, just like almost every kid at that age. Uh, and uh, this lawsuit thing is really stuck in my craw, though, because a lot of people raised a lot of money for him to uh, go after some level of accountability. And uh, it really doesn't seem like anything's been happening. Uh, and yesterday, uh, I guess he tweeted out, timing is everything. And he, re he, he, he out, uh, tweeted this article. And, um, you know, it says, you know, Rittenhouse hires Sam Miller, pl plans to file 10 defamation lawsuits. Um, but when I clicked on the article, I was like, oh, this is an old article. I read this a while ago. So I, I don't know if he if he's actually going to do it now. But, you know, I certainly hope so. You know, I think that the cash is probably getting tied up in civil suits and things of that nature. But, you know, Kyle's been doing Kyle things. He's doing his little, his YouTube channel, and I, I wish him all the best on that. Um, probably just trying to live a normal life and make TikToks with his girlfriend or whatever. I guess he heard that I, I uh, kind of poked fun at his girlfriend, and he was upset about that. So, uh, you know, I apologize for that. I'm just worried about uh, that. Uh, I was worried that perhaps uh, 
someone was taking advantage of him, but uh, I guess that's not the case. So he tweets out this article, Rittenhouse hires Sandman lawyer, plans to file 10 defamation lawsuits. Kyle Rittenhouse hired Todd McMurdy, the lawyer who represented Covington Catholic student Nicholas Sandman in his defamation lawsuits against NBC Universal, CNN, and the Washington Post. McMurdy said this week that he expects Rittenhouse will have at least 10 defamation lawsuits against prominent figures and companies, including Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg, for their comments about the exonerated team. Quote, I have been hired to head the effort to determine whom to sue, when to sue, where to sue. We're going to take a look at everything that's been said, determine which of those comments are legally actionable, and proceed from there. McMurray told Fox News Digital on Thursday, adding that he's confident that there's probably 10 to 15 solid cases against large defendants. So here's the thing with defamation, you know, and, and this is something that I know deeply because it's come up several times, not that I've defamed someone else, but that they've defamed me. You have to be able in many cases to prove some level of damages, right? If somebody just says something you don't like, or maybe even something that's incorrect about you, uh, it doesn't mean you're going to win a bunch of money in court. Now, you can sue. This is the United States of America. You can sue anyone, anytime, anywhere for anything you wish, for the most part. But it doesn't mean that you'll win. With Kyle, I think his damages are more, um, what well, it's not existential, but uh, they're more like, um, they're less concrete. Let's say, let me give you an example. Let's say that uh, somebody said, you, you sent an email to a sponsor and said you were, transphobic or something and then that sponsor dropped you right and you lost a hundred thousand dollars in revenue a year that's an actionable thing right if somebody like made a lie about you said it with intent to damage you i'm not sure if intent is required or not but they said it uh and then you lost money because of that thing then you can sue them and likely win if they have anything to take that's the other part of this right all the faceless nobodies on Twitter that say all this heinous thing about things about him, it doesn't really matter because they don't have any money. So, I mean, I can say for uh, example, I've gone through a, a situation similar to this and it costs a lot of money to sue somebody. I mean, a lot of money. Uh, even when you're 100% in the right, you know, you're going to be spending tens of thousands, minimum hundreds of thousands, most likely. Uh, in these particular cases when you're going up against some sort of media outlet. So I think he's got to like pick, um, you know, which, which targets are the softest and which ones can, will pay out. You know, a lot of people have told me privately, like, oh, I know, trust me, Nicholas Salmon got paid out. I don't know. None of it was public. I haven't heard much from him since. Was he paid out $100,000? Was he paid out a million dollars? Was he paid out $200 million? Was he paid out $50? I don't know. So a lot, there's a lot of misconceptions around lawsuits. Um, you know, even if you take something, everything somebody has, it might not be very much. When you're talking about going after The View or, you know, these other cases, you may be able to rack up a bunch of settlements because they don't want to spend. You might be able to say to them, look, you're going to spend $200,000 defending yourself in court. Uh, you know, maybe we can settle for 150,000, uh, and this goes away. You do that 10 times kids set for life. I've said since jump street, you should have written a book, you know, instead of doing all these TikToks, he could have ghost written a book, had somebody write a book, help him write a book. That would have been a New York times bestseller. 
uh, and he would have been set for a very long time. Um, the article continues. During Kenosha, we everything that happened, um, McMurdy specifically noted that Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook as potential targets for defamation lawsuits, the social media platform listed the incidents as a mass event, which McMurdy explained is factually false. The designation also caused Kyle's accounts to be removed and positive comments about the team to be restricted. See, these are the things that you're talking about, like damages, right? He, it took away his ability to defend himself in the public square based on, well, what was probably their own political leanings at the time. He continues, let's just use, for example, what Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg said about Kyle. They said he was involved in something terrible and a mass incident, McMurray said, this was not that. It was clearly and factually false. It was false from the start, even before you knew whether he was innocent or guilty. To call somebody this is seriously defamatory, and then to use the power of social media to basically censor any views that would take opposition to that label is a serious effort to destroy his character, he continued. And it was seriously mistaken and seriously defamatory. I would agree. You know, you go after Facebook. McMurray said Zuckerberg is certainly going to be at the top of his list of potential lawsuits because he, uh, he has an outsized voice well, and wallet. Facebook has an outsized voice. They can do a lot of damage compared to somebody who maybe have a small blog with 100 subscribers, like, just like I said. But we're going to look at everything that we have access to and have been published and decide which ones are actually actionable. Like Rittenhouse, Sandman was also condemned by the media for an incident back in 2019 in Washington, D.C. McMurdy represented Sandman in multiple defamation lawsuits and managed to obtain settlements from NBC Universal, CNN, and The Washington Post. McMurdy said that he doesn't necessarily tie these cases together. They are similar because both Sandman and Rittenhouse were minors who were falsely and wrongfully condemned by the media and social media. McMurdy also argued that Kyle's job prospects are permanently diminished that i would also agree with as a result of prominent figures and companies uh allegedly defamatory remarks quote not to mention what they called uh, reputational harm which means that kyle is never going to have to interact with anyone where they don't know who he is and this is going to follow him around for the rest of his life mcmurdy said everyone's going to prejudge him in every new interaction that he has with everybody for the rest of his life and that's called perpetual reputational harm, he said. The social media hysteria caused all of this because people can't act responsibly and rationally in certain circumstances. 100% agree with that take. You know, I think you had, you know, people like The View and all these was like perpetuating the state line stuff, you know, and, and, and uh, you know, stuff like that, that they knew was false. That was like obviously false. Uh, President Joe Biden uh, equated him with, I think, was supremacy at the time or something like that, posting his picture. Another idiotic move from, uh, I don't remember if you, I don't remember if he remembers what was going on at the time, but like when he posted that stuff, um, that is like, you know, millions and millions of people will now associate him with something. He's, he's just a kid. He has no political leanings. He's just a kid who likes to pew pews. That's it. And a lot of people on the right, including myself at one time, we're like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna, you know, and then we just kind of learned like he's just a kid and he should be able to live his life. He didn't, he, he defended himself legally um, as it's to the letter and he stood trial and he was exonerated. And now all of the people that, you know, it's one thing to get something wrong, which is kind of what I talk about all the time an issue correction. It's another thing to what, a, what it seems like the liberal media was doing 
purposely getting it wrong repeatedly and using his name to push a political agenda, again, as a minor, as an, somebody who's innocent. And in those cases where it wasn't even like a, all the facts weren't in, it was like, no, no, they knew the facts and they still lied. So I sincerely hope that he does push these lawsuits through very, very soon. I understand why it would take time to uh, kind of key this all up as well as he's got the civil stuff he's got to deal with. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. But an interesting tweet at an interesting time from uh, one of the most interesting people of the last year or two. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it and you make sure you click that subscribe button down below and we'll talk to you again real soon.